0: Welcome in, everybody, to the West Side Sports Podcast. It is February 1st, 2024. As always, I am your host, Dakota Esri. Welcome in to today's podcast. First of all, apologies for this coming out the morning after. Um, It was a decision I chose not to make a podcast yet yesterday because I wanted to be a fan and revel in the moment and really take my time to think through the Mike McDonald signing, uh, the hiring i um, still trying to get used to, used to that name. I wanted to say McDonald, but it's McDonald's. So not trying to be picky on that one. But first of all, thank you guys so much for tuning in. I really do appreciate it. If you guys enjoy the content, please subscribe. Leave a rating on any podcast platform that you are listening on. I would greatly, greatly appreciate it. it helps me out a ton. Um, let's just get into it straight out of the gate. Obviously, the reason why I'm here t- talking into this mic this morning is that the Seahawks have a new head coach. Mike McDonald is the new head coach for the Seattle Seahawks. And I want to start out this podcast and this conversation today by, and I have talked about this in previous podcasts, but it feels appropriate, considering the situation and the topic, to thank Pete Carroll for establishing a culture and really creating a building. Like, building up the building, if that makes sense. Brick by brick, board by board, person by person, right? It doesn't matter if it's Chuck Arnold, the team uh, president. It doesn't matter if it's Jody. It doesn't matter if it's the lunch lady, if it's the person who's at the front desk, right? Pete established the building beforehand. And obviously, today's not about Pete. But it feels appropriate to, just for a brief minute say thank you for everything that you've done and I'm really excited to see what his advisory role will be considering the situation we have now. So last night, to backtrack here, to go a little bit in re- reverse, right? That we had news, we knew for a fact that it was reported via Bob Kendota Larry Stone, Adam Jude, right? All of the guys from um, Seattle Times that Seahawks had flew to Baltimore to have an interview with McDonald in person, right? And then they flew back that evening, and I'm not going to get into the whole flight tracking bullshit stuff. I don't, I don't, I'm not a fan of that stuff. I think it's ridiculous. I think for those who sit around watching a plane flying around, you probably have better things to do, but that's a different conversation for a different day for a different audience, okay? <laughs> um, the Seahawks knew and made it apparently clear that they had their interest in this man, this young man, right? And I know he's that technically young, young. He's not, you know, 30 years old, you know, like, or 31, like I am, for example. He's 36. He's a couple years older than me. But listening to the story behind this man tells me more than what I could have known if I had just looked at his profile and his stats and went from there right john snyder this was ultimately his choice he was the 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 tip of the spear of the sword on this search right we heard it from pete at the beginning of this whole um what's where i'm looking for like before the whole thing rolled out right the whole timeline was created that this was going to be john's choice ultimately Jody said, look, we want to maintain positive culture. That's all I'm going to say. The rest is, is on you, John. And we've heard names, Mike Kafka, Ejiro Evero. Obviously, we heard a fuck ton about Dan Quinn. Um, mostly from Ian Rappaport and Adam Schefter's. Mostly, honestly, it was mostly Ian Rappaport and stuff because Ian just doesn't know much about our franchise. Not to be disrespectful, but just pointing out the the absolute facts. That the Seahawks knew what they wanted, what they were looking for, and they found what they were looking for in a man that, in my opinion, is an absolute genius. He's a wizard. He's brilliant, right? And people could say, well, how do you know that he's so smart, right? How many, did you watch any Baltimore games besides for uh, the Seahawks game this year? And I'll be completely honest with you. No, I haven't. But you know what I have watched? A whole shitload of clips. I've watched a lot of defensive breakdowns. I've listened to I've listened to guys like, you know, you know, Dave Wyman does a great job. Ray Roberts does a great job. Michael Bumpus, KJ Wright. I haven't got to KJ's podcast yet. And I'll get some more, you know, insights and tidbits for you guys for next podcast from there as well. Highly, highly recommend that you listen to that podcast. But Mike McDonald's resume, right? It isn't just, oh, defensive coordinator, Baltimore Ravens, or now previous defensive coordinator for the Baltimore Ravens. So that position just got filled literally 10 minutes ago. So that's a different topic as well on a society note. But Mike McDonald went to Georgia. George Bulldogs, right? Was in their college trying to get his stuff done. He got hurt. Blew out his knee. And then when he blew out his knee, as he was trying to reop from his knee, he had a back injury, right? That pretty much said, put the old kibosh on his professional playing career. Well, faculty realized very quickly, administration and people within the football program at the University of Georgia, that this man was destined for a coaching role. And he turned into and was applied for what's called a GA, which, they call, which is a graduate's assistant job. And if this is boring for you I I apologize. I'm just trying to be as thorough as I can for you guys, right? So he's at Georgia, he's a grad assistant, he's learning, moving his way up, and then from Georgia gets an opportunity to go to Baltimore. Um goes to Baltimore as a defensive assistant under uh under one of the Harbaughs, right? John, excuse me. And uh Or Jim Harbaugh, excuse me. And, uh, when you look at all this stuff and his back and forth, right? He goes to Georgia. He goes to Baltimore. And then, all of a sudden, Michigan comes calling. Saying, hey, man, uh, can you help fix our defense? Because we're, like, not very good. And Michigan, if I remember the stats and I apologize, I don't have them right in front of me. But I'm going strictly off my memory, which 9 times out of 10 serves me right. The, the Michigan Wolverines... We're roughly middle of the country, middle of of the pack in defensive efficiency, points a lot per game, yards per game, blah, 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 right? So, McDonald comes in. They went from middle of the pack to seventh best defense in the country in one season, right? And it's not like this guy blitzes a shit ton. I'm going to get into that later, right? But it's the fact that this guy knows intuitive ways to get the most out of every player on its defense. And that is not easily said about many, many coordinates or better yet many coaches in general, just period. You know, I am not trying to be disrespectful to Clint hurt, but if you were to ask and put up a poll, right? And I understand right now with Mike McDonald's press conference, which is releasing, let's see here. Pardon me. This isn't great podcasting, but, uh, it's literally in 20 minutes, right? So my goal is to be done with, with this podcast, listen to his press conference, get some takeaways, tidbits, and be ready for the next podcast for, 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 for you guys. Um, McDonald goes to Michigan, fixes that defense, and then Baltimore comes calling again. He goes, look, man, you borrowed him from us. He did, the, he did He did the job you needed him to do. We need him back now, please. So he goes back to Baltimore as full-time defensive coordinator, And then we've seen what happens. The Baltimore Ravens had one of the best defense, if not the best defense in football, right? And when I talked about blitzing about a minute or so ago, there was a really, really intuitive stat that I saw that the Baltimore Ravens blitzed the seventh fewest. There's a lot of sevens in this podcast today. Seventh fewest rushes, pure just blitzes, excuse me, on defense, Right? Did you guys know that Mike McDonald went 4-0 and against the NFC West this this last year and had nine turnovers in four games? That's said are going to say. Well, that's only two turnovers a game. Yeah, it's two fucking turnovers. Do you know how many turnovers Clint Hurt got us for our defense last year? Jack shit. Nothing. With this talent we have on the side of the football, you obviously, Devin Weatherspoon. this leads the whole thing. Tariq Woolen, Jordan Brooks, Boy Mafé, Chenna coming off, off of his uh, surgery. This team is deep. They have options, right? They're going to need some drafting stuff, and obviously, we're not going to get into that today. Obviously, that's going to be way down the freaking road, but McDonald brings a sense of youth. He brings an ability to talk to the younger generation, to the upcoming next waves, right? And that he can really relate to them. I love what I heard a a gentleman who is a safety for the Ravens. His name is Kyle Hamilton, first-round draft pick. Dude is a fucking baller, right? He allowed one touchdown to a tight end and then happened in the last week of the season against the greatest tight end in football. And Travis Kelsey. If you think it's George Kittle, if you think it's somebody else, you are entitled to your own to your own opinion. So be it. That's my opinion, okay. But you allowed the guy who guy who's allowed one touchdown, right? Said this guy is a savant. He is cerebral. Cerebral. That is the exact word he used, right? And when I hear a defensive player, and I again, I am not trying to be rude. When I say this, I feel like I'm being redundant. I'm repeating myself, but it's for a reason. When I think of defense, I don't think of a whole lot of intelligence. I think of the effect of diagnosing a play and smacking the piss out of somebody, right? But maybe, and you know what? I'm probably 97% wrong for saying that. And I realize that, and that's okay, right? And there's a few rarities, Richard Sherman being brilliant and other guys, KJ being smart and stuff like that. But when I think of defense, I think of diagnose, I think of attack, and I think of tackling. That's what I think of in defense. And Mike McDonald is going to bring a sense of violence to this team that has been so God-forbiddenly overdue. Right? Just so overdue. Like a damn... It's like a library book that you took out your freshman year of high school, and in my opinion... Now that's some bitches like 14, 15 years old overdue past date. That's how far past date we are with this defense, right? And let me just say this, okay? For those of you who are saying, oh, hell yeah, let's bring back the fucking L O B, blah, 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 blah. And apologize for all for, for for extra F bombs, right? But this is an emotional reactionary podcast. This is breaking news. This is giant news. This is the biggest news we've had for the Seahawks literally since they hired Pete Pete Carroll. So just walk with me, okay? But the Seahawks, like, we haven't tackled worth a damn for, like, I, I, I am not kidding. It could have been seven, eight years since I've seen an actual freaking tackle on a football field. At Lumen Field, at Sensory Link, right? Where we were known to tackle, to be violent, to be aggressive towards the ball. That's what we were taught years ago. And then somehow, some way, the mantra was gone. The the kumbaya, as Richard Sherman said, everything got, you know, a little bit it fell on deaf ears, right? When you bring in a young, jubilant, innovative, defensive-orientated mind who says, hey, look, I took a defensive tackle in Baltimore who had six and a half sacks in three years. He had 13 last year. Jadavian Clowney's career has been mostly a bust. He's supposed to be generational talent, blah, blah, blah. All this other stuff, freak of nature, which obviously has been pending injuries, but Jadavian Clowney went to Baltimore and had a career year after doing shit for years beforehand. So there is a lot of reason to look at this higher and say, yes, absolutely. Yes. This is why we brought this in. This is why we waited three freaking weeks to sign this coach, and some people are going to say, oh, Ben Johnson and oh, Mike you know Mike Vrabel and stuff. I didn't want Vrabel. I made that apparently clear. And I'll say it again. For those of you who wanted Mike Vrabel, you're trying to tell me you want a Bill Belichick root or a branch on the Pete Carroll tree? Hell no. Nah. No. Nah. Mike Vrabel, you're a smart man. You saw that your interest, like Bill Belichick, ain't shit. It ain't nothing this year. Facts. So for all the people saying, "Oh well, you know, Dan Quinn would have been, you know, hired a better staff." You know what? That's a conversation we could have had if we if if we if we were here, but we're not. And that's just it is revisionist history, right? It's it's hindsight twenty twenty. Well, what would we have done differently if we had this guy versus that guy and blah 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 blah. The facts are as such. The Hawks went from the oldest head coach in football. To the youngest. We sticked to the defensive side of the football as I clamored and preached and begged and hoped to the Lord above. Nothing against an offensive guy as I came in, Ben Johnson, Bobby Slowick, the rest of them, right? But we all knew if you are a Seahawk fan and you said to yourself that you wanted an offensive coach. I would understand, but I would say, but that in my opinion, it's not the smart thing to do. The offensive side of the football was the best part of this team last year. You address the weakness. You reinforce the weakness, right? And some people are going to say, for example, for the Mariners, not to, you know, make a, you know, a cross-sport analogy. A lot of people said, Shannon Dreyer, for an example, that the Mariners should reinforce the strength. The Seahawks, if you were to say you wanted an offensive coordinator to reinforce the strength of your team, the strength being your offense, Geno, DK, running backs, tight ends, blah, 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 right? The list goes on. But speaking of the offensive side and speaking of Lynx and the new coach, how is Geno Smith going to play into this whole equation? That's a great question. Wonderful question. Nobody knows. Nobody knows. What is I mean, I would think in the best interest for the organization, you keep Gino around, you draft a quarterback in this year's draft, which I think is a necessity, even though we're missing a second round pick from the Leonard Williams trade, right, which would have been really valuable this year. But I mean, again, that's just another, that's just another incident, another case of hindsight, right? That we have the quarterback at hand that can keep the, the one side of the ball that is already pretty much set in stone, minus the fact that we don't have an offensive coordinator. But when we get to that, we'll we'll cover that info at a different podcast at a different time because that's not going to come out today. If it did, I'd be shocked. I don't think that's going to happen today. I would anticipate probably the next 24, 48 hours we'll get an offensive coordinator and we'll get the rest of the staff and information to be figured out. But it's in it's important to rejoice what has happened today or excuse me yesterday because I'm a day late to it and again apologies for that but I wanted to revel in this and be a fan right before I put my hat back on as the as the you know this the old podcast hat on pardon the breakup there but I just love what I've seen I love the decision I loved everything that I saw, the joy from McDonald and his wife and all this stuff. The Seahawks are in a better position today, in my opinion, than they would have been with Dan Quinn. I feel like Dan Quinn was always the safety option. Congrats to Dan Quinn on getting the head coaching job with with the Washington Commanders. It's an absolute awesome opportunity for him. They have a shitload of money. Uh, top three draft pick inside the draft. They have $70 million in cap space for free agency. Washington is going to have every opportunity to address that team. Whether or not they stick with Sam Howell, I don't know. I think that would be beneficial to them. But if I was them, I wouldn't blame them for if you want to ship him out, you know, or you want to keep him around like a Taylor Heineke situation. So be it. That's fine. But, uh, it's just going to be interesting to see what Washington Commanders does, but I'm, this isn't what, what this isn't what this podcast is for. Is talking about Washington football team, but it's just it's been a roller coaster ride. It's been a lot of emotion. It's been a lot of waiting. It's been a lot of speculation. And now that we're at the end of this proverbial roller coaster and the end of this rainbow ride, right? That the Seahawks are in a position now where they can say we're going. To address the defensive side of the fo- of the football, we need to invigorate the Baltimore Ravens' way of tackling and wrapping and just playing like there's four like like, like KJ said yesterday on Brock and Talk. The Baltimore Ravens when they played against the Seattle Seahawks, seemed like they had 14 guys on on the football field because of what they were doing the scheme and the communication and the understanding and there was no question mark and that's what we saw last year was a lot of question marks a lot of uncertainty a lot of what are we really supposed to be doing here we will not and i will stand here on my rock i would if i could i stand on my table but i probably bust this to right out um that this team is going to be better against the run and on defense next year am i going to say that they're going to be a top 10 defense hell no all right i want to make that abundantly clear no they're not going to be LOB. Knock the shit off. Be realistic. Stop, stop reminiscing of yesteryear. We are in a great position to build a great team. Be thankful for what we have. And don't cast previous aspersions and previous wants onto the current roster. I think that just makes a waste of your time and makes for stupid conversations and people are just going to say, oh, you know, 75% of the fans, I believe will say, oh, you know, you're right, but the LOB was, you know, a decade ago, that's gone. Another 25% of the fans are going to say, oh, well, that'd be great. LOB, new defensive coordinator, Let's, let's bring it back. That is a once in a generation defense, people, okay? I'm not trying to be Johnny Johnny Raincloud. I'm not trying to piss all over your dreams. I'm not trying to do that, okay? But be realistic. Be thankful for what we have. Look forward to our draft, to free agency. I don't know how much money we have right now. Before people start flooding my, you know, my mentions and stuff. Well, how much money are we, do we have? What, what you know, what options are we are, are we are we gonna, going to get into? All I'm gonna say to end this little podcast here, just before the press conference starts here in about five minutes that i anticipate at least one key player of baltimore's defense to come to seattle i don't think that's gonna be patrick queen the linebacker same draft as jordan brooks i i mean it's because he's gonna cost 18 to 20 million dollars that's a rough estimate that is not a solid number do not come back at me with it it is a guess okay but now we can build towards the future with a new image of what this team will be and that's a very exciting thing to have and it's been an absolute roller coaster ride that I've been it's been exhausting it's been fun to put it lame term I mean fun is kind of a, is a bland term and word in general but now that we're done with it I'm very impressed with John with the staff with the organization administration everybody included all hands on deck that they knew who they wanted they went out and they got the fucking job done so for that round of applause and uh, we're going to work towards the the, the next podcast press conference is going to be coming on exactly five minutes I'm gonna listen to it I'm gonna get my, my initial takeaways I'll let you guys know what I think until then Appreciate you guys so much for tuning in and listening to this emergency podcast. Again, apologies for this coming out the day after. I wanted to to take a couple hours to really get into all of this, delve in and get some more details for you guys. Until then, God bless y'all. We'll tune in next time. Peace.